Today joining me for coffee is Professor Josef Jancha. He has several affiliations, but his primary port of call is at Brno University of Technology, and he is a specialist in advanced polymer systems. Uh, Professor Jancha, we live in the polymer age. Is it coming to an end? Uh, definitely not. I think that uh, um, we can call our age a plastic age uh, because uh, plastics have introduced uh, many new opportunities and solved a lot of problems uh, that humankind was facing. On the other side, uh, as, as any uh, material, they create some problems which we have to deal with. And, uh, but in a no uh, case, uh, that's the end of the uh, plastic age. Okay, so you mentioned that they've given us a lot of things. So can you be a bit more specific? What have plastics and polymers given to us? Well, these materials are generally lightweight, uh, relatively cheap, uh, very versatile materials, uh, which uh, uh, can be easily processed at low temperatures, uh, reprocessed, uh, most of them, and uh, thank you. Uh, and generally uh, can um, be produced in large quantities. Um, they brought a new era in packaging, uh, but they introduced uh, possibilities in uh, dentistry, in, in uh, surgery, in uh, plastic surgery. Uh, most of the um, uh, cars and, and, and the other uh, means of transportation uh, uh, need to uh, uh, have low uh, uh, weight and, and the plastics can provide that. Uh, airplanes are full of plastics. 35% of weight of cars is, is uh, plastic and with the introduction of electromobility uh, that's uh, even more. Um, in well, construction that's exactly uh, the same, insulation and so forth. Okay, well let me just, let me just jump in there because of course uh, plastics in cars, in um, aeroplanes and other uh, mobility, then they of course uh, make those devices very much lighter, there's obvious uh, fuel savings, that's very good for the environment. Nevertheless, that use of plastic is something which we can be easily recycled, potentially, and it's, it's used for a, a long period. Uh, let's talk more about one-use plastics, many of which are used in packaging. You mentioned packaging briefly. Surely we can package with paper bags instead of plastic or with glass bottles instead of plastic bottles. Why don't we? Well, um, there are uh, many reasons for that. Uh, uh, plastic, uh, plastics are generally, uh, most of them, are inert uh, against the environment, which means that uh, they can uh, protect the content of the packaging from bacteria, from different gases and so forth. And uh, that's why we uh, use them instead of uh, paper, for example, in food packaging because they extend the life of the uh, food, the freshness and so forth. Uh, there are uh, studies showing that if we replace plastic uh, packaging in food with paper, we will increase the amount of uh, food waste by 30%, which is a huge amount of uh, spoiled food. Um, on the other hand, uh, there are many um, packaging which are not necessary. Uh, I remember a couple of years ago the European Commission introduced uh, a requirement uh, that for bakery each uh, uh, baker uh, and each roll has to be pretty much uh, separately packaged or you need this 
plastic single-use uh, um, gloves uh, to touch it, which is very good for the um, uh, hygiene of the of the food, but creates a lot of uh, uh, very hard to recycle uh, plastic waste. So. Um there's a clear advantage in terms of the longevity of, of, of the food products. That's right. We can keep food for longer periods and therefore reduce food waste, which, you've, as you've highlighted, is a significant uh, pollution yeah. aspect for, for our global yeah. economy. Uh, on the other hand, then we generate a new waste material, which are the plastics which, which remain. Uh, why do we, as a, as a human population, why do we just throw it away? Surely, as a scientist, you understand the inherent value that these, mo that these molecules and materials have. What, what are we doing wrong and what can we do better? Well, uh, the question seems very simple, but the answer is not that simple. Uh, uh, one uh, thing is that uh, uh, most of the plastic packaging is so cheap that we don't appreciate the value which is actually in it. Uh, the other is that uh, a lot of it uh, ends up in a uh, municipal waste uh, because we just uh, don't have the recycling um, cans uh, at home which we can really separate it at home. And um, uh, some of us uh, actually put it in a, you know, uh, the uh, containers which are uh, outside the, uh, the, the houses for, for plastic waste. But uh, most of it because we really don't feel uh, and don't appreciate the value which is uh, in these plastic, especially the energy uh, which has been put in their production. And of course, uh, there's plastics and there's plastics. It's not just the case there's one material, but there are several different polymers which we use in plastic mm -hmm. uh, materials. So do you believe that we should uh, limit from the supply side, should we limit the number of plastics that we're using? Well, um, one of the uh, reasons for that is that uh, to a certain extent uh, uh, the, the wide variety of plastics uh, which are used is uh, because uh, the wide variety of requirements uh, which are put from uh, the side of the products they are used in. Um, but there are some polymers uh, such as polypropylene for example uh, which can be modified uh, by additives, both organic uh, and inorganic, um, to uh, provide a wide range of uh, performance uh, or, or properties which can be used over a wide range of products. Uh, and definitely uh, one way how to reduce the plastic waste uh, would be to reduce the number of, um, of polymers uh, used in those uh, single-use applications. And is it your opinion that, that we're spending enough resources and time looking into the research work necessary to achieve this? Um, as a scientist, uh, we never have enough money uh, for research, so uh, I'm not quite sure about uh, uh, that. Uh, there has to be uh, a demand for this type of research, which seems to be it's uh, now you know, being stronger and stronger. But unfortunately, the, uh, the um, uh, funding is not uh, sufficient uh, for multiple reasons. Uh, uh, one of it is that most of the funding agencies are looking for uh, original uh, uh, results which are uh, publishable in uh, high-impact uh, factor journals. And these uh, research and, and recycling, for example, 
is a very applied research which doesn't have the response. In the so this is the main disconnect. I mean, I can, I can see that clearly that when as a scientist you want to be doing high tech, very innovative, very new stuff. But when there's a genuine huge demand now to try and solve what might be termed as a crisis regarding uh, global plastic wastes, there has to be some sort of drive for that. I mean, I would argue that there's the, the public have already entered a phase where there is a, so much, um, so many articles written in, in today's newspapers, so, many, so much information regarding what uh, the levels of plastic waste. So presumably the governments must react to that and it seems sensible to, to try and promote that kind of research work at institutions like where you work. Well, uh, we are expecting that and we are actually ready to react to that. Uh, the, the problem usually is that there is a, a big uh, time lag between uh, uh, what is being uh, you know, published in newspapers and what are the proclamations of the politicians and uh, before any actual action is being taken, especially any funding scheme uh, of, you know, is uh, established. So, but there are uh, increasing. There is an increasing number of, uh, of uh, let's say, interest groups which are trying to really put together a framework for this type of activity. Okay, Professor Yancha, if if I was a funding body, a global funding body, and I gave you and your group an unlimited number of resources, unlimited blank check with as much money as you needed, and I gave you the mandate to clean up our oceans, sort the plastic waste, what would you do? <laughs> well, uh, uh, that's uh, again a, a question which um, you know, I am uh, not quite sure I can answer com uh, comprehensively, but uh, generally if we look uh, where the uh, plastic waste ends up, a uh, large portion of it ends up in the ocean. Um, uh, the oceans are actually fed by rivers and so it has to come from rivers and it's well known that it comes, uh, most of it comes from ten rivers. Uh, so we should look what's wrong around, along these rivers that so much plastic waste ends up in their stream. And I think that um, these are countries like China, India, Malaysia, uh, mostly in, uh, in Asia and in um, mid-Africa. Um, we should uh, focus maybe on uh, developing uh, sustainable technologies uh, for them to uh, use this plastic waste which is on the banks of the rivers into uh, products which the Western society can actually accept and uh, that will maybe solve some of their uh, societal problems as well as the uh, plastic waste at least will limit the uh, impact on the oceans. And um, generally, uh, it's very dangerous to give uh, unlimited uh, resources to anyone, so I wouldn't suggest that. <laughs> but nevertheless, I mean, when, when we have a, a problem of the stature that we do have, and there's a desire to solve that, then it's encouraging to hear that the, the majority of plastic waste going into our, into our waterways, into our seas and oceans, are coming from just 10 rivers. Right. As you said, eight located in the Far East, two in Africa. Ten rivers, it, it seems almost, just using common sense, that this is a problem we could deal with. And listening to you, then, it's the first step is to find some sort of political consensus, presumably, right. to be able to contact these countries and work out how we can help each other to solve the problem. The technology, is it there? 
Um, I think that a lot of uh, technologies already exist, so and they are uh, suitable to work uh, in a really not well-developed countries. Uh, we recently collaborate with uh, several companies in the Czech Republic who are uh, trying to uh, promote uh, use of their uh, recycling technologies in Africa. Uh, we keep uh, fingers crossed for them to be successful. Okay, let's say we are capable to extract all this plastic waste, you know, to, to filter it out. What do we do with it then? Um, I think that's, uh, again, uh, a very um, hard question to answer because uh, recently um, recycling um, has several steps uh, and probably the most complicated one is the separation um, because the plastic waste, con uh, waste contains from uh, polyethylene, polypropylene, uh, you know, uh, PVC, uh, PET, a lot of uh, other uh, polymers uh, which um, are different in their chemical nature, different in uh, temperatures under which uh, they can uh, be processed or they degrade. Um, so the separation is a very expensive process because there is no, uh, the densities are very uh, close to each other, so it's not very simple to separate them. Uh, and the second is that a lot of them, they contain additives like uh, color, pigments, uh, a lot of them uh, contain, uh, contain other uh, like etiquettes and so forth. Um, the, the problem then uh, becomes uh, to separate these and uh, use it as a, as a feedstock. Um, the result might uh, not be that great when we compare the properties uh, to the uh, virgin material. And uh, recently still the uh, virgin material is cheaper uh, because of the don't need all these operations which are expensive. Mm. Um, so uh, probably um, some kind of uh, first stage, some kind of uh, subsidy will help these, uh, these uh, uh, selected uh, plastic waste to be recycled. But I know it is a sustainable solution. Okay, but presumably sooner or later something of that measure has to be done because otherwise the, if, if we allow a system just to accumulate without closing the loop and the least somehow getting that, that circular motion come back into it, then we're just going to end up kicking the can down the road. I, I think that that will, uh, will happen and already uh, the European Commission put uh, forward uh, directives um, which uh, they are trying to reduce, uh, first of all, the uh, amount of the plastic waste, but also uh, kind of um, push, uh, reuse, both uh, in recycling or in energy uh, related uh, recycling. Uh, but it's not that uh, simple. I think that the society or the people have to uh, kind of uh, think about whether they are not too much spoiled uh, and uh, partly reduce uh, the use of single-use plastics. I don't want to say plastic because they are very yes. useful, but a single-use plastic. So we have to take a greater responsibility per se and that link with that is a, a better degree of education. We have to talk about these subjects, make sure that people do have an understanding of what polymers and plastics really are about, what, right. they, what advantages they really do bring, bring to us, and what are the associated problems we have to collectively resolve. That's okay, let's, let's look a bit into the future. You're working in, in research work in advanced polymer systems. 
where will these polymers help us in the future? Uh, well, th there are multiple uh, areas where uh, lightweight materials and polymers are among the lightweight materials. Uh, we'll find a um, very important uh, use in the future. Um, recently, for example, we worked on a, a group of materials which is called metamaterials. Those are materials which uh, possess uh, some kind of unnatural uh, properties um, uh, that we can um, manipulate. Uh, we can manipulate uh, acoustic um, uh, absorption, so we can create, for example, uh, sound insulators as thin as the uh, leaf of paper. Uh, there are other possibilities that these materials uh, have behavior uh, which is mechanically non-reciprocal, uh, which means that on one side of the material when you push it, the other, the other side of the, of the uh, article does not expand, but it shrinks. Uh, these materials can be used to uh, collect, uh, harvest mechanical energy. Now, so I guess that plastic, plastics have uh, an excellent future, um, and we have to kind of um, educate the public that uh, the plastic is not only the plastic bag you can find in the supermarket, but uh, those are lenses, contact lenses, uh, they are artificial valves uh, in, in heart surgery, and um, becoming more and more part of uh, electromobiles and so forth. So the, in terms of medicine and, and health and the interaction with our own bodies and, and polymers, there's a, there's a synergy there. These synthetic materials can cooperate with us biologically. That's right. And does that necessarily mean, I mean, lots been talking, lots talked about at the moment regarding uh, artificial intelligence and the fact that we're uh, augmenting our own capabilities with our telephones, with all this uh, technology, but there's a, a, prob a bandwidth problem. That means that the, the speed at which we can communicate with our augmented devices are limited by the speed of our thumb. <laughs> and we're looking at ways to try and get a more direct high bandwidth communication from ourselves to our devices. Do polymers present a, a hopeful future in that respect? I mean, if you look at um, uh, most of the, um, uh, of the um, electronic devices, uh, a huge part of it uh, is uh, uh, plastics, both thermoplastics and the, um, I mean, the thermosets, which uh, have different structure. But uh, in the future, for example, uh, when we look at a really uh, miniature and very fast uh, computational devices, we are looking for quantum computers. And the quantum computers uh, probably will uh, be uh, constructed uh, using uh, single molecules uh, with multiple segments on them, providing uh, the stream on uh, photon pairs, which are able to uh, transmit information in much better way than the current semiconductors. Okay. So finally, Professor Yancha, the future will the natural and the synthetic live together in harmony? <laughs> it will depend to a great extent uh, on the humankind uh, because we are the ones uh, who kind of control this relationship. And I, I believe that uh, uh, people without uh, really needing a, a huge environmental shock uh, will uh, come to um, 
uh, finding this balance between the synthetic and the natural. And uh, hopefully uh, we can, with our work, uh, contribute a bit uh, to that direction. Professor Yancha, good luck and thank you very much. Thank you for having me.